fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And today we are talking about one of the greatest games of all time. Probably the greatest <laughs> co-op game. I would we probably have to say that, right? It's a, if, if it's a humble... Oh, shoot. I totally lost my train of thought already. <laughs> right two seconds into the podcast. Humble uh, claim. There we go. That's yeah. the word. Humble claim. Absolutely. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about Spirit Island and specifically the Jagged Earth expansion. Yes. And so this was kickstarted... Like, I, I don't remember the exact date. I think it was roughly 30 to 45 years ago <laughs> at least that's how how long it feels but like yep. actually i think the kickstarter ran in 2018 okay and they just fulfilled a couple months ago here in 2020 yeah so it, it was a while it was a long yeah. it was a long kickstarter but i grabbed the kickstarter copy so we've been playing through all of the spirits and kind of getting to know them and so we're going to kind of do the same thing that we kind of did with our Gloomhaven episode yeah. and walk through the spirits and kind of talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. So the episode will definitely kind of assume that you are familiar at least with uh, Spirit Island so we can kind of focus on the 10 spirits that came out. If you're not, the first part of the podcast, we're just going to be talking about drinks, what we've been doing yep. and all of that stuff. So don't turn it off yet. <laughs> <laughs> but oh yeah. So speaking of drinks, what are you drinking tonight? Yes. What's on your flight? Yeah. So on, on my flight tonight, I have a, a new one that I'm trying. Um, this is Amador, I think is how you say A-M-A-D-O-R, right? Amador. It's a really pretty bottle. Yeah, it is a really pretty bottle. They did a really good job with the label and everything. Um, they're kind of their their big uh, like advertising point is that it's a double barrel, and which is extremely rare for a bourbon because you can't. Uh, we talked about this in the whiskey episode, but anything that is that it, where it is aged in a barrel that is not the original like oak barrel doesn't count towards its age. Um, so what they did is they aged it for five and a half years as in in like the uh, regular oak barrels and then they did half of it so so, it, so they could label it as six years right because of the rounding and then they did uh they did six months finished it for um in different wine barrels this one they is the chardonnay oh cool okay yeah so that was kind of like that was kind of like their idea um so they had it labeled as double barreled blended bourbon whiskey kind of thing so is that like super expensive then you think it would be right? <laughs> it sounds like it would be. Um, it's not, it wasn't over. It wasn't like too too bad. I think it was like about forty. Oh okay. So yeah, so which it, is it wasn't for a whiskey. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't breaking the bank. So it is a it is a straight bourbon whiskey because it has that six years um, or five and a half on the on the oak. Um, the Chardonnay they even like even in the label they recognize like Chardonnay is a very soft wine flavor, right? So it's not going to really come through in a bourbon. Um, but what it sort of changes is sort of like the mouthfeel of the bourbon, which is like a super gross word. I know <laughs> like mouthfeel. Um, but like Chardonnays are are kind of have like that smoothie butteriness and so it kind of imparts like some of that almost it makes it feel because it's like it's the like hearty hardiness of 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 an oaken whiskey like a bourbon against this like softness kind of brings it into the middle of like almost like a milkiness and like feel it's not like it is like a liquor it's clear and it's not like viscous like like milk is um, but that's that's kind of what it picks up from the Chardonnay barrel, which is kind of interesting. It just it's again, so it's not like a taste change; it's like a feel change, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, other than that, it it's like interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting. Um, other than that, it's just kind of like spicy. I think the only part that like really let me down is like the nose on it, like the smell of it is like just like straight ethanol. Like and it doesn't. <laughs> it, it's not like jarring. Like oh my god, that's awful. It's just like you smell it and you're like, that's like that's just alcohol. That's what that smells like. It doesn't smell <laughs> like I would kind of expect it to. Yeah. I, I don't can know if that clean has to, my hands with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if that has to do with like the second barrel. I would assume not. I think it's just it just for whatever reason in the profile doesn't have it. So it's it's sort of like a spiciness that comes through that's like mild, a little bit milder because of like that that different feel um, that I was talking about. We we talked about um, before the episode 
that we kind of want to standardize a little bit the way that we do recommendations in the in the drinks section here in the flights section because we found that we are typically recommending things in like one of four ways either as do not drink this drink this if it's free or cheap uh, <laughs> give this one a try um, and then buy on site yeah right yeah. and so those are kind of we we decided those are those are going to be our our three our three cheers kind of thing or four cheers i guess if i can count, <laughs> <laughs> if I yeah. can count. um so this one i would give three cheers i would say um it has it, it is worth a try it's worth picking up the bottle and, and seeing if you like it because i could see for some people that, that this would very much be for them and for me it's like this is good i'm not upset that i bought the bottle um i just like i may not buy it again but i was really glad that i tried it no th- yeah that's really cool I, I i really like the way that we kind of decided to do that um yeah. and Hopefully we don't get any of these one cheers in any time. So that's right. That's right. Everything but, gets at least one cheer, right? It is alcohol. Like yeah. And I am happy that like anything with like a three cheer, I can probably just smooch a drink off of you, and then we'll be. That's fine. right. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to buy. I don't bottle. have to buy it. And so I think we're gonna do that same thing with the beer. Yep. And so rolling into what I'm doing, I'm drinking uh, a beer called Busted Knuckle from Quaff On Brewing Company, which is located in Brown County, Indiana, which is about. Oh, right yeah, it's about an hour and a half uh, yeah. south of us right now. Okay. And so it's not an IPA. It's not a pale ale. It's Woo! a porter. You did it. <laughs> and so, like, We're getting into fall now. And so <laughs> yeah, exactly. darker beers. You know, it's it's getting a little bit chillier outside. So I figured I'd go and i grab like a dark beer. And so yeah. porters are one of the heaviest beers that you can get with like stouts kind of being below them. Yeah. Um, and when I'm saying heavy, I'm thinking like thick or like dark. Mm-hmm. And like on the SRM scale, which is the, you know, how... How, what the color of the beer mm-hmm. that we talked about a couple episodes ago this is you you can't see through it if you hold it up to the light you can see a little bit of the light through it and so it's like it's around 30 okay the srm whereas yeah. like uh the core's light is you know a two right yeah. like yeah. so you know it's it's pretty heavy and then like the only things heavier than that are like the stouts which are just like you know all light just motor oil yeah. <laughs> <laughs> motor oil and then like yeah. there's it's like almost a mini black hole in the middle of the table yeah but it's a very not bitter. It's it's the IBUs are around twenty seven, so it's pretty smooth. And like I think porters, I think of them are stouts typically have more of a coffee or a roasted feel to them. For sure. And this one feels very much like a standard porter. It, yeah. It's not. And I guess okay. Let me let me let me say that I don't necessarily understand. I, I don't know if I could pick out the differences between porters as much as I could with IPAs. True. Yeah. And so you have quite the level of development in the palate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so th- this is, you know, it feels very roasted. It's very smooth. It, mm-hmm. It's just like, it, it almost feels like, you know, it's coating your throat as you're drinking it. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. kind of how I think about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's a good one. It's 7.2% APV. So, you know, we're, we're sitting pretty. <laughs> that that is another kind of like aspect of the porters and stouts. Typically, they're going to be a lot higher alcohol content for sure. Um, for and sure. so here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so for like the the ranking, I'm going to give it three cheers as well. So just kind of like what you gave for your bourbon, Anador, Amador, Amador, Amador. Reading is hard. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but three cheers. Like I'm, you know, I I would try it again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy it again probably. Uh-huh. Um, but. But it's, it's worth buying. It's worth giving it's a try. It's worth buying. It's worth giving a try. If someone has an extra one in the fridge, take it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, three cheers. Awesome. I think, I think it's a. I I'm glad you're liking it. Yeah, it's, it's. I'm hoping you know that that it, that it draws you in. To yeah, like, we'll, look, we'll here's, see. We'll here's, see. <laughs> drinking beer doesn't have to hurt. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> it doesn't have to make you hate yourself. It can yeah. be sweet and taste good. Tastes like coffee. You like coffee so much. I, I don't do know like why. Coffee. I don't know why you don't like porters and stouts more. I don't think I don't like them. I just like IPAs more. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. 
Yeah. <laughs> Good job. You're exploring the realms today. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All of the realms. All of the realms. Speaking of the other realms, yeah. what's been on your table? What have you been playing recently? Oh, so we um, recently we tried Facility 7, um, which is a game that is currently on Kickstarter, actually. And the uh, the designers of it, um, they're a couple, uh, Alyssa and Trevor, um, and they're they're an indie. It's like an indie production. Like this is this is a self produced. It's a husband wife, right? Yeah, husband wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, self produced thing um, that they're that they're putting together. Um, actually, Trevor did like all the artwork for it, which I thought which was, is like really good. Yeah, and like really impressive. And funny. <laughs> and I, like just to start out, well, actually, okay, no, I need to describe the game first. I'm gonna get I'm getting excited to get into what I liked about it, so I have to talk about. <laughs> I have to describe the game first. So the game, um, it reminded me of betrayal in that the board didn't exist at the start of the game. Yeah, you're kind of. It's one of the four X's. You're exploring. That's right. Yeah, you're you're starting with the explore. Um, oh, that's an interesting. Is it a four X game? <laughs> you can exterminate. No, you can't exploit really. So maybe not a four X game. Well, you can, can you though? You maybe can a little kind of, bit. Like, steal the data. Okay, so let's make an argument. Okay, we need to describe the game. So it's like you're, basically you are all uh, like international spies. They are the theming is um, sort of plays on known characters. Um, so I was brown recluse. Um, the female, <laughs> you know, the fe- the female Russian-born um, spy agent. You may be able to guess who that is. Uh, and and so the, all of them were kind of like themed that way. The theming I thought was really great. Each character had like there was a bit of asymmetrical power. It wasn't like super complicated. It was like you had like one special little power that you can do, which is fun. And then you're basically infiltrating um, this evildoer's like secret lab, and everyone's trying to like break in, like steal the secret plans. And at that point in the game, it's cooperative. Um, you're all trying to like do that together. Um, but then once that happens and the data i think it was the mainframe is hacked i think thematically once the mainframe was hacked then you all had to escape um and in the escape part it was competitive and so then you were trying to like pick up extra data on your way out and that scored you victory points and you were trying to escape with the most like data basically and i thought the dichotomy of a cooperative game in the first half and then competitive game in the second half was really interesting Mm -hmm. especially because like you knew that competitive was coming yeah so it's like you needed to help people but how much do you help them and it's like if you don't help them at all you just die and it's like yeah I, th- I thought that was a really cool way that that was implemented. I've, I very rarely have I seen games that have a mechanism like that, where it's yeah. you know switches from cooperative to competitive. Yeah, and I thought that yeah, I, I definitely agree that that was a really novel idea. I actually probably wanted the beginning to be a little bit harder because it would have made it feel more like I was having to act cooperatively. Where it ended up is probably it felt more like a ceasefire. Like you knew it was competitive towards the end, and so you just like weren't actively hurting each other, and also you like couldn't like the game mechanics prevented you. And so it would have been interesting if it was like more like actually very difficult, like you had to play it like a co-op, you know, towards the beginning or something like that. But as an idea, I thought it was a really cool idea. I think that the the event cards and the gadgets, because it was a card based game. So you would. Oh, yeah. You would explore, you would flip up a random tile similar to Betrayal, and then that tile would have an effect. Maybe it's uh, a shark tank. So there's a shark in there and you have to like maneuver around the shark. Or, But then like there were cards that were like gadgets mm-hmm. or things that you could equip to yourself. And they were just hilarious. And they, they were, were really like, funny. And it was, it was like comical how like strong some of them were and like yep. you could like counteract them and so it was you know like oh i'm gonna do this no you're not i'm gonna do this and yeah it was, just, yeah. Like, a bunch of- it was almost munchkin like in that yeah, way yeah you know yeah like you, where you couldn't play it like super competitively like you had to kind of <laughs> yeah you had to kind of be goofing off a little yeah. bit with it um but the theming was so strong that like that would that would definitely work oh yeah yeah and so yeah if that if that game sounds at all interesting to you definitely check out um like i said they're on kickstarter right now um it's great to support indie game designers who are just kind of doing this thing by their by themselves for themselves um, we had a ton of fun um, with Alyssa and Trevor. They were a great couple. To, and it was actually just a, like a really cool experience for me to actually play a game that's like kind of still in development, yeah. right? Like as we were playing through it, they're like, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe we could change this or tweak this a little bit because um, they're still like in the finishing touches kind of stage. Yep. So that was, that was like as an experience for me, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, what about you? What's on your table? I've been doing a lot as always. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> buckle in. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go ahead and you know knock the easy one off the list. I've been playing a lot of Spirit Island. So Good. Dup. Nice. Um, I finally got to try out On Mars by Fatal Lacerda. And mm. so that was my first uh, Lacerda game, and it was so good. I mean, like, like yeah. I, my like brain still hurts. I think we played about two weeks ago. But, like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, like, it's so complex, but everything that you do feels right. Like, it's it's not necessarily complex because there's, like, a lot of rules or, like, it's just, like, it's clunky. Uh-huh. It's just, like, there's so much to do that it's complex. Like, right. it feels very much like I... Like you started a job and had to have a training day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Exactly. But the, the one thing that I really wanted to talk about is we we got challenged by the Gamecasters, um, which is another podcast to do mm-hmm. a challenge that they created, which is called the Designathon Challenge. Oh, yeah. And so they this challenge, this challenge, what you do is you take, you pick a designer and then you play all of the games from that designer mm. in your collection. Mm-hmm. And so... So they, who, who did they, they picked um, Steffenfeld. Okay. So like Castles of Burgundy, Trajan, mm-hmm. um, and they, they played through all that. Then they challenged us. We picked uh, Danielle Tashini, uh, who did a lot of games. The games that we had in our collection were The Voyages of Marco Polo, mm-hmm. Zolkin, and then Teotihuacan. Okay. It, it was really interesting to play through each one of those. It's actually our first playthrough of The Voyages of Marco Polo, which I really enjoyed that game. It was the asymmetrical player powers in that game were not as significant as Spirit Island, but they were very much, you played a different game if you played a different player power. Gotcha. And so like everyone starts on one side of the map and my player power is I start on the other side of the map. And oh yeah. It, you know, you kind of like wor- work your way through. It's a dice placement game. So you like awesome. roll and then you like place your dice. Yeah. It, I, it's all, it's high on my list of games to try just for that reason. Cause I yeah. really, I really like dice placement games. Yeah. And I fun. think our first play, the two player took less than an hour and a half. Okay. And so, awesome. I mean, it's, it's not heavy, Yeah. but like that was the first game that we played. And then we played Zolkin and then we played Teotihuacan. Yeah. And it was just kind of cool because you could play them back to back to back. You could see the underlying themes of Mm-hmm. like what worker placement it's worker placement <laughs> but it's also like you know it's a very heavy um resource driven game yeah. so like each one of those you need resources and you need to manage your resources yeah. and like zolkin and teotihuacan are pretty similar you have to feed your workers right uh you know marco polo and teotihuacan are both dice placement or dice utilization games and it was just kind of cool you could see like the signature from the designer throughout the entire mm-hmm. uh, designathon so mm-hmm. there is i'm going to butcher this name takenu takenu which is uh, Tashini's newest game, which is the oh, Egyptian okay. theme game, the Obelisk of he the Sun. He comes up with very complicated names for this. Yeah, game. everything starts with a T. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Voyage. Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. But yeah, so all of his game come or starts with a T, and so we've been playing through that, and that was a lot of fun. I think I'm just gonna like do that every once in a while. Yeah, like we almost we did like an impromptu Wolfgang Warsh. Varsh. So we yeah. played Taverns of Tiefenthal. We played Quacks of Quedlinburg. We played The Mind. We mm-hmm. played Wavelength. <laughs> so like, he, like, he also has two different styles of names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like, oh, I think we actually just did one. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's really cool. But yeah, and you said so, that was that was Gamecasters? Yeah, that, that was Gamecasters. That? Um, they, they came up with that. Ryan, who mm-hmm. is um, one of the hosts of the Gamecasters, is the co-founder or the founder of a network that we joined, which is the Gateway Network. Yeah. And so the Gateway Network is a network for up-and-coming board game content creators to join and you know promote from within type stuff and then you know it's it's kind of fun because we've all been kind of talking and it's been interesting so yeah yeah it's a good group that's getting together yeah part of it for sure so each episode or each board game episode i think we're going to kind of shout out one of those content creators just for for kind of fun to get out there and 
this this first one i think it's uh, <laughs> appropriate to shout out the gamecasters yeah and so the gamecasters is another board game podcast um it's run by ryan who is the founder of the gateway network mm-hmm. natalie his wife and jeff the mad board gamer and mm-hmm. so mad board gamer is um his, his instagram account name yeah. which is like He's not angry. He's not angry, Matt. He's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like his logo. It's sort of like the Mad Hatter kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. No, the logo is awesome. Yeah, so if you haven't logo. seen the Mad Board Gamer, go check out his Instagram account. He's, he's he takes really good pictures too. Yeah, he's got a lot of good content and a lot of he's he, we're very active on each other's. So yeah. You can find him just in comments and stuff on ours if, if nothing else. Yeah. So just kind of an overview of what they do. Their show is kind of broken up into multiple different segments, and um, they they release every other Sunday. Uh-huh. And so, like, they, they start off with, like, a banter section where they're just kind of talking about what they've been playing or what they've been watching. They, right. they kind of do whatever. Then they do, like, fun gaming games. So they, they kind of talk about, like, they have different games that they play. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of them is, like, the Association Station. So, like... Oh, yeah. Uh, the Ryan will... He'll, he'll say he'll say something, and then Jeff and Natalie have to guess what board game he's, he's, he's trying to associate trying to the, yeah, the words yeah, with, yeah. Which, is, which is really fun. Or... I will say that they do a really good job with like different segments. They have yeah, kind of like the they, recurring they really segments, segments and a lot of good ideas come out yeah. of that. Yeah. They have like the board game beatdown where Natalie goes and finds a, <laughs> a, a, uh, a, a popular board game and reads all the really shitty reviews on the board game. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really funny to hear just people just like stomp all over, you yeah. know, games that we love. Yeah. Uh, they do an Instagram inbox. Every episode, Jeff asks, or the Mad Board Gamer asks a question on Instagram and then he reads out the answers. Yeah. And then every, they, they top off the episode with like a top five, but it's not like a, well, I think it started out as kind of like top five worker placement, but it's gotten like super creative because they're on like 52 episodes now. Yeah. And so they've gotten like some of the, the top five most relaxing games oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> or our first our top five first date games there you go and just like stuff like that so it's it's kind of fun to hear their thought process and then like yeah you know have them try and explain why uh like my favorite i think was the for the first date games was crokinole because you're trying to shoot something into a little hole there you go <laughs> <laughs> so so shout out to the game casters thank you ryan for putting all that together yeah and so it's kind of exciting. They're, they they have a website, which we'll link in our show notes. Yeah. And you can check them out and see all the other awesome content creators on there. For sure. Want to hop into icebreakers? Yeah, let's do icebreakers. Okay. So last episode, we were doing a book episode where we talked about The Lord of the Rings. Yes. One of my favorite uh, episodes so it was far. Such a, uh, it was a great episode. And then our icebreaker was submitted by it was submitted by Mike through our website. And he asked a, kind of a dual question. So he asked, if you could live in a fantasy setting and be a hero... What would you want to live in? Or if you wanted to be a commoner, what would you want to be in? Yeah. And so I'm just going to highlight a couple of the top answers here. For sure. From from our Instagram. So Schmaka said, for hero, Star Wars. So, yeah. I mean, like, awesome, right? Like, <laughs> Jedi. I want to be... Lightning, lightsabers, yeah. flying. I want to be a space, space magician. A yeah. space magician, yeah. And then for a commoner, she said Harry Potter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you're not... If you don't have magical powers, it's just like right. normal life. Right? I mean, like, maybe I am. There, there are worse choices to be a commoner. Right? Yeah, it's <laughs> just the life that I have right now. That's not that bad. Yeah. Board Game Viking said Middle Earth. Woo! Go team. Nice. Um, <laughs> he said he wanted to live deep in the minds of Moria drinking. So, Oh, okay. I can get Different take. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can get behind that. Dark Side of the Dice said Smurf Town, which I thought was an interesting one I don't to know be that. a hero in. Like Papa Smurf. Like oh, like the Papa blue. Smurf. Okay, yeah, there we go. Like I was like, what the heck people. is that? On the blue people. All right. Yeah, yeah. you can be the hero. And then uh, Mad Board Gamer, which is uh, Jeff from the Gamecasters, said yeah. uh, the Goonies. So- oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, if that didn't count, 
Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> so. there, there's a five and six chance of that sucking. <laughs> Exactly. I don't remember how many. Are there six kids? I don't remember how many. Kids I don't remember. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was like five or six. It's about right. Oh. But yeah, so that that was that was last week's icebreaker. We're gonna we keep posting these icebreakers for each episode on the Instagram. Go on, answer them because it's kind of fun to yeah. see everyone else's thought process. When we're you know we we take the idea one way and then everyone else seems to take it a different way because yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah because we think similarly. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So this week's let me pull it up. Yeah. So this week's icebreaker was submitted by. Uh, Schmaka, and her question to us is, what is one game you dislike that most people rave about or vice versa? Oh, okay. A game that I dislike that most people rave about. Or a game that you like that most people dislike. Yeah, I think that actually would be the harder of the two questions. To be I think honest. so. I, I think, think so. Yeah, we have like a specific enough like taste to where I feel like I can I can pick a game that is like a like a common game and say why I don't like it. Actually, I do have one. Okay, um, what is it? My mine would be probably Betrayal at the House on the Hill. It's a good one. Betrayal I, at House on the Hill. Betrayal I've always on House of the on, Hill. I always forget what the articles are. Legacy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that game is like a lot of people really like it. I think that it like it is too. Okay, so the good things about it, right? It has <laughs> it has like this book of like fifty different scenarios um, that you can play through, and that is like such a cool idea. I think the bad part about it is that the most if not all of the scenarios, like don't scale based on the number of players. And, and so you get up into these weird situations where like, it's almost like the individual scenarios are balanced for a specific player number. And if that's off, then the scenario doesn't really work. And so either all of the like players die to the, whoever becomes the betrayer or the betrayer just like never stands a shot. I've definitely played as the betrayer in that game and like looked at the board and be like, there's no way I can accomplish this. Like I, you that's know, frustrating. yeah. And it's frustrating. Cause then it's like, it feels good for everybody else. But then like for me, I'm like, well, I didn't really you know, I really had a chance. I, never, I didn't really have a good time here. And then also, I think it's very, it's like too random for how long it is, if that makes sense. Like if games are long, yeah, totally. yeah if games are long, I want them to be fair and have like low randomness. Um, and I'm willing to accept randomness in short games because it's like, well, this is like not going to take that long anyway. Um, but Betrayal, it feels like you can kind of get to the end and then like lose. And it's like, I'm not actually losing based on like tactics or strategy failings. There's just yeah. like a lot of randomness here. And maybe I just like never really had a chance from the start kind of thing. <laughs> um, so it's like, it, I don't know. That would, that would be my pick. It's a game that has like a really cool concept. I just wish it had been done like slightly differently to improve it. Yeah. And I have heard that the legacy version is better. Okay. And so that it kind of fixes that. So Yeah. I've played the legacy version actually, but oh. I only played one game, <laughs> which basically means that I played a game of Betrayal at the House on the Hill. And I didn't get to like take advantage of any of the yeah, legacy Yeah. I've only things. played that twice. And then both times I didn't really enjoy it, but I decided to give it a second chance because maybe it's just the haunt that we got was, mm -hmm. was, was not great. But I think one of the times... The betrayer won hands down, and the other times the betrayer lost, like no question. I will say, like if you get a close game, it's really fun. Okay, yeah. You know, like I've had it, I've had it hit like once. I think I've played like four times or something like that. Okay, I've had it hit like once where it was like really close and it was really fun. Everyone's having to like strategize, like what can they do, like and they pull out a couple of like secret abilities they didn't know you could do that, like throw your whole plan off. So like when it when it hits, like it it hits well. It works, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's just like it's also kind of hard because that's an hour and a half long yeah. game yeah I roughly think. yeah and it's just like yeah if you it just hope that it works yeah, like exactly that, that's kind of hard that's i could have played hard. like five games of code names here <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think mine is going to be dinosaur island oh okay i haven't and played so, dinosaur island yeah so dinosaur island is a worker placement game it's not jurassic park 
um, for legal reasons. Uh, <laughs> but you're you're building a dinosaur themed amusement park. Yeah, kind of there thing? you go. Perfect. Yeah, okay. that was a great way to describe it. Uh, <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. You go you go through, and it's a worker placement. Like there's three kind of segments where like you know you you place your workers, your communal workers, and then you get to you know buy an attraction or hire an assistant, and then mm-hmm. you move into a third phase where you place like your workers on your own personal board. Right. And you know you're trying to like get your excitement up. Um, but not like too high because then like the dinosaurs escape and kill people, uh, <laughs> which is frowned upon in that game. Uh, but but doesn't but, like lose you the game like you can accept like loss of life of some of your customers. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and I think it's kind of similar to what you said is that like the the randomness is kind of high in the okay. sense, and and not necessarily like there it's less random than betrayal. I'll say that. Yeah. But like you, you pull out like the workers that are going to go visit your amusement park. Okay. And you can pull out these hooligans that like sneak to the front of the line and don't pay and like, don't get eaten. And oh, like, okay. if you just like pull a bunch of those, you're just like, okay, well that was, that kind of sucked. Yeah. But like, but also just like when I was playing it, I just didn't feel like I was making meaningful decisions. Like I just felt mm. like it was like the game was just happening to you. The game was just happening. And it's like, I could probably like walk away and come back a turn later and okay. decisions would be made. And it's just like, gotcha. I, I don't know. It just felt like that's like a relatively highly ranked game, though, right? It is. It is, and like so that's an interesting take. Yeah, I and I don't know. Maybe maybe I just you know needed to play it more. But it's like I think I tried it three times, and I'm just like I'm not. That's a pretty good set. Did you play with anyone who had played it before? No, no. I played it with my wife, and then I played it with my wife and my roommate. So yeah, it, it was just kind of like one of those. It's like we we I traded it away because it was like the extreme edition, which was pretty good trade value. So oh, I was yeah. able to trade that away, and I was like. Even if this does become like a okay game, there mm. are games that I want to play other than this yeah. in this time span. And this, like, you obviously also have like a lot of worker placement games. Yeah. So like, if it's not like doing very well, it, it'll cycle out of your yeah, collection. Exactly. Probably. So, I think I think that the, the metal coins were cool. Um, I will say that <laughs> I love metal coins. So you said betrayal, which I agree with. Yeah. That w- that would have been one in, in my top five. Oh yeah. For answers of this one, and then I said Dinosaur Island. I think those are two interesting. We're gonna let's see how much flack we get for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get for the hot take. I'm also interested to see what other people think, and how many people we have to unfriend. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, this will be a fun one to review next week when we're like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> this is dumb." <laughs> what I want you guys to do is um, go listen to the ep- like the worker placement episode where Nelson redefines his top five, and then just list those five games. <laughs> His <laughs> games that are bad. Please don't do that. I have a fragile ego. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Schmacker, so much for the for the icebreaker. We really enjoy those. If you guys have an idea for one that you want to um, hear us talk through, the easiest way to do that is to go to our website, fantasyandsubflights.com, and then there's a section on the website to submit icebreakers. That's easily the most recognizable way, the, mo- the most well-organized way for us to receive them. Yeah, and it's right there. It's one of the first things you see when you log onto the website. It's like For submit sure. an icebreaker question. You hit yeah. that, fill out like name and then the icebreaker question, and then yeah. hit submit, and we'll answer it. And yeah. We'll give you guys a shout out. We are It'll not smart enough to like force the website to hack you <laughs> or to know how to make pop up ads or anything like yeah, that. I, I, it's not an obnoxious website. It'll be very easy to find. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And that's also where all our show notes are. So definitely go. check out those because I think that this episode is going to be heavy with the show notes yeah. because there's going to be a lot of information to cover. For sure. So let's hop into our face-off Friday for this week. And so the face-off Friday that we decided to do this time was a face-off between the two, quote, very high-complexity spirits from the new expansion. Yeah. So these are 
spirits that you don't want to play a game after you've played a game with these spirits because it melts your brain. <laughs> and so that is uh, the two spirits are Fractured Days Split the Sky and Starlight Seeks Its Form. Yeah. And you so, sound like a, we're going to sound like poets in this episode. Yeah. Just talking exactly. through the yeah. names of the cards yeah, the, and the, the spirits. The names of these spirits are amazing. They are amazing. And so Fractured Days Split the Sky, we'll get into a little bit more, but they do a lot of planning ahead and like I think Starlight has been described as the build your own spirit. Oh, it's described that. that way on the back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> the build like, your build own a, spirit. Yeah, a build your own spirit is what yeah. it says. Yeah. We we put that on a on Instagram and the split was a sixty two thirty eight split and fractured days split this guy one. And really? So, yeah. I was on the other side of that. I, I really? really like Starlight. Yeah. I, I really like Fractured. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it was like sixty two thirty eight is pretty close still. And oh so, for sure. And like so, I, I was I was really interested in what people thought. Yeah. The other thing that I want to plug real quick is currently right now uh, we rearranged our board game shelf, and oh, so yeah. we're, every day we're posting a matchup <laughs> of uh, one cube versus another cube, and we're trying to find the coolest cube on our shelf. And so you can go on there. Currently, we're you know we're, we have um, like a mage knight, Agricola versus something that's losing. Uh, <laughs> Codenames Duet is on there. Codenames Duet and like clans maybe clans of Caledonia and yeah. taverns of Tifa. Taverns, yeah, yeah. So it's just like we're, we arranged it by color, and so it's it's not like these are our favorite games or something. So it's they're random games, essentially random. So yeah, you just get to vote if you like the left picture, or the right picture better. Go out there and vote on those because I'm having a lot of fun with them. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, those are I, awesome. I have my. Idea Your favorite of who shelf. I think I'm gonna, <laughs> who I think is gonna win. So we'll we'll see how that comes out. So yeah. I'm excited. That should be in the works for the next 20 or so days. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of cubes. There's a lot of cubes. So let's dive into the main topic. Yeah, I'm super excited. So we are, are talking about the Jagged Earth expansion, to Spirit Island, which yep. just came out. Yep. It has 10 spirits in it, and also how many are in the base game? By the way, like six or eight or something. I feel like. I feel like it, this was a significant number of spirits that were released. Yeah, so there are eight in the base game. So this over doubles the amount of spirits in the base game. Yeah. If you add in, like, the Branch and Claw expansion, which was, like, the mini expansion right before this, there's ten. So this does double the amount of spirits, not including promos. Yeah, not including the promos, and, yeah. And these spirits are a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, like, incredible. So, yeah. like, just to... Well, yeah, let's start out with worth buying, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. pre-order, now worth buying. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. So not only does it add the spirits, it also adds new adversaries, new Mm -hmm. scenarios to play through. It adds green and orange as a playable color, which I think is, you know, very (laughs) necessary. Yeah. (laughs) It added it. Is this the expansion that added in the board shapes? I thought that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So So it's not just like the strict kind of island. They took like the fractal pieces of the board and you can play like one that's like a donut. There's like a hole in the middle kind of thing. And yeah, a couple different like arrangements, which just adds like a little bit of flavor to the game. Yep. And then it also adds aspects to uh, some of the spirits from the the, the base game. So Mm -hmm. the low complexity spirits have these little cards that change the innate powers of the spirit to make them a little bit more complex or some even a little bit less complex. Yeah. And so they're more approachable or, you know, it just like makes the river surges in sunlight a little bit more like fun to play for an experienced player. Yeah. Which there's a lot of content in this box. It is like, it's the same size box, but it's a little bit heavier than the base game (laughs) box. Like, and if I was going to take like, if I was going to take time to design an expansion for Spirit Island, I would have ended up very close to where this expansion ended up, just in terms of what I wanted. Because it's a complicated enough game to where like it didn't need to add new mechanics, right? It, we didn't. That's not what we wanted. Like we did not want yeah, no, extra absolutely. mechanics. We didn't want. This is just more content. It's more spirits. It's more flexibility. It's more adversaries. Like that's exactly what I wanted in, a, in an expansion. They like totally hit it on the head. Yeah, I think the one thing that they added, which is not necessarily wanted 
which you can now play up to six players. But I don't necessarily <laughs> recommend playing this with more than three. Yeah. Because <laughs> it yeah. is so complex. It That's is... true. Yeah. These these spirits overall drove the complexity up. Yep. So Spirit Island, you're you're playing this super asymmetrical power where you're trying to rebuff the invaders to your island and protect your uh, native inhabitants That's of right. the island. Go away. Yep. Currently, it's ranked number 13 on BGG's ranking. Okay. So, I mean, it's really high. Yeah. And... What's really interesting is that this Jagged Earth expansion has a 9.4 out of 10 rating on BGG. Wow. Which That's incredible. Which is one of the highest I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, I think Gloomhaven is like a 9.1. Right. Right? And right. so, like, the, the expansions don't get into the ranking system, but, like, that is a really high yeah. ranking yeah. for an expansion. I'm sure, I feel like expansions probably are driven either up or down, right? Because, yep. like, players will either, like, love it or hate it kind of yep. thing because they already, it's, like, already bought by someone who loves the game. Exactly. You know, but, like, if you, that does tell you if you like Spirit Island, like, you will love this. It, it's going to hit exactly where you want it to hit. Yep. All with all that content in there, this episode we are going to focus on what we find we what we found the most exciting, which are the ten new spirits. Yes. So we're going to walk through, kind of go like low complexity to high complexity. Yeah. Um. Or really for this expansion, medium complexity to very high complexity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There. Like I would not give a new player one of the spirits that came in this expansion. Yeah. Um. They. Yeah. The, the, there are a couple that they could try if they already knew the game and you weren't playing with an adversary. Or not already knew the game. If they were already board gamers, like consistent gamers, and yeah. there wasn't an adversary, you yeah. could maybe try one or two of them. So this will be our second board game exploration into the Jagged Earth expansion of Spirit Island. Let's do it. So what's our first spirit that we're going to be talking about tonight? First one up is my my favorite in the expansion, certainly. I think I think it will be a lot of people's favorite yeah. in the expansion. Um, so Volcano Looming High. So this one in the picture... I mean, it basically, I mean, it's a volcano, but it looks sort of like a, <laughs> like a, almost like a horse mixed with like a jaguar. And it's like breathing fire. It's got lava running down. It's a really so cool. cool picture. The art, in, the art in this expansion is phenomenal. Oh yeah. And Especially just, on the cards, even more than like the, we're, yeah. uh, we already said we would only focus on the spirits <laughs> and then breaking from it. Um, but the art the, in the cards is But really one good. thing that I do want to plug real quick, sorry, yeah. is that what I really like about Spirit Island and the people over at Greater Than Games is that they actually will credit the artist on every single card. So in the bottom left-hand mm. corner, it has the artist's name on every single card, That's which so I just cool. think is a really cool. Yeah. thing that artists need to get recognized for, for the sure. work and the time that they put into games. Anyways, sure. Volcano Looming High. High respect. Um, so, like, the idea here is basically to, like, use your presence to <laughs> build up a spirit. volcano, right? <laughs> so, you, like, you build up, like, a, a, a pile of your presence on, like, a secret not a secret, it's very much known, <laughs> <laughs> on a single territory, and then you have this, like, massive turn where you erupt, blow up, do, like, an incredible amount of damage to the things surrounding that territory, um, but then you have to kind of be careful because now you're kind of having to balance out. You're going to have a couple of turns in a lull where you're kind of, you don't have the opportunity to erupt again. You kind of have to build back up, you know, so you're going to like wipe out a corner of the map and have it totally under, under control. And then over the next couple of turns, it's going to start to build up again. Yeah. So I, I think that I would definitely, it can only be placed on mountains, which are the gray spaces on the map. True. And I would say you, you only want to focus on sp- putting your presence in one or two of those spaces mm-hmm. you want to build up one big or two medium-sized mountains to control two areas of the board yeah. this is the one that i played most recently yeah and it was kind of like we were playing three players so two boards were kind of doing their thing and then like just my side of the board was just wiped out and so you yeah, know it was you're incredible going to have like very large turns and then very like 
mediocre turns in the middle. Yeah. But you did a good job of having like a large turn that like sort of wiped out your board and then just kind of like getting the like plink damage and the control yeah. damage in to make sure it never got, it never built up again. Yeah. Um, and then towards the good thing about this is like Spirit Island, I think can lend itself to like a big push to win the game. And this spirit very much is in that realm, right? So we did that right at the end in this most recent game that we played where you generated like 21 fear yeah, in a turn. Crazy. And, and I generated in like the fast phase of a turn. I in the previous slow phase had generated like 20 something fear yeah. also. <laughs> and so we flipped like four fear cards and it's like okay like that's pretty much it like yeah. we you know we just won um yeah. if we had had to go forward from that turn it may have been a little rough, <laughs> it been rough yeah. <laughs> but the, a big uh, push to win yeah yeah definitely the primary focus for volcano uh is definitely and we we're just gonna call it, like i'm not gonna be able to remember their entire names i just remember him as volcano yeah so volcano. <laughs> uh he's definitely very offensive for sure so <laughs> he does sure. a lot of damage and like the thing that I kind of like think about when I'm looking at the spirits is, am I going to focus more on the innate powers of the spirits? So the cards are these, the, mm. the, mm -hmm. the, the powers, powers on, the board. on the board, which mm -hmm. is in this case, the eruption of the volcano, or am I going to be focused more on getting more cards, the minor, the major powers, which are kind of like the variable powers that the spirits can grab. Right. And this one is definitely more focused on innate powers. Yeah. Like, like, Max that out. <laughs> like you, you need to like, be focusing on how you're going to get the elements needed to erupt for sure like that um, if you're drafting minor powers that's what you're doing is you're picking the how you're yeah. picking elements on the card and whatever the card does that's just fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's a great way to think about it is like am i looking at the card for the effect or the elements yeah <laughs> it's kind of like the, the card one. of the innate for sure but yeah no i volcano looming high is very very fun it's, like, it's just satisfying to have like those big explosions. Yeah. Ones. It's very satisfying. Very awesome. And like, like you said, we're starting from the medium complexity ones. There are no easy complexity or low complexity <laughs> ones. Um, so this is a, a moderate complexity one. Um, and if you've played the game you know, once or twice, it's a very easy spirit to play. Yeah. Want to move so. on to the next one? Uh yeah oh though actually right before we move on the one thing I wanted to say is that the only reason you wouldn't give this to a new player is you can remove yourself from the game with this spirit yeah you can lose <laughs> the game by yourself <laughs> by yourself you can you can use because like when you erupt you're removing your own presence so you have the ability to remove all of your presence from the board and lose everybody the game <laughs> so keep that in mind if you ever want to do that <laughs> if your friends are pissing you off the next one we have up <laughs> is stones unyielding defiance so this guy looks sort of like a like a stony golem like and he he just he's like straight up the gray golem. <laughs> um, like yeah. I mean that like when you look at him you're like oh that's the stone guy that makes sense yeah he almost looks like Regi Ice from Pokemon yeah he does yeah he does <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is the opposite of Volcano so this is very high defense yeah and so I think we played these two spirits one time like I played Volcano yeah. and you played which the was defense. a lot of fun it was a lot of fun it and was a cool almost unfair <laughs> yeah it was a cool pairing good pairing yeah so this one is super it's very high defense, right? Yeah, and it sure. uh, it's kind of interesting because typically with spirits, you have a energy track and you have a number of cards per play track. Mm -hmm. This one is a little bit weird because it has an energy track and then it basically has a track that gives you earth elements. Yeah. Because like some of its innate powers need seven earth elements to activate. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, it that's is insane. a lot. But also like the like both of them have only their first two like tiers are only earth elements. Yeah. And then they only have like one or two of other elements in the this is like the only one I've seen that is like mono element. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just straight up all you need is earth. Yep. And so kind of like his special thing is that when blight, like the bad stuff is added to the island, typically you have to destroy your presence. Right. He doesn't. He's so like, nah, not today, uh, bitch. Yeah, like most of the time he doesn't. Like it, there, there's a caveat there. Sure. But it, it's kind of interesting because like he can also protect other people's presence. So if if you're right. in with your your object here is to kind of get 
to defend the the high contested spots on the board, but mm-hmm. also to protect your allies. Because yeah. like if a blight gets added, that's bad. If a blight gets added to where your presence is, that's really bad. Because really then you yeah. lose the presence. Yeah. He doesn't do that. He doesn't which do is that. really nice. Yeah. I um, think like my impression when I when I saw this one played is that the engine kind of builds for you. you yeah. Know? Because he's he's kind of mono element because one of his tracks just like give you the only element that you really need. Yep. It, it's sort of like it, it's removing some of that stress of engine building from from your uh, from your decision making and then your decisions become very tactical. You have to be your presence has to be in the right place at the right time. Right. Yeah. And so your your on the board decisions are, are very like high skill. But this is one that I think you could, if someone like new board games, if they were feeling excited, you could potentially give this spirit to a new player. And I think one of the other reasons why it is lower in the complexity is every single one of its growth options allows it to place a presence. Mm-hmm. So there's not the the, the decision there is a little bit more forgiving. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So like like you said, I think it's you know a medium ramp. That's another thing that I could try and look at is like, is this going to be a slow ramp? Is it going to oh, be a very yeah. quick ramp, or is it going to be kind of like in the middle? Mm-hmm. And like I think we played a game last night where everyone was slow, and that was pretty scary. Like, that was yeah, because in the beginning of the game they got big, and it's <laughs> yeah. like I hope we can take care yeah. of this. Yeah, and it was just like so. This one's pretty medium. Yeah, um, he'll be and, which just means he'll be good like kind of throughout the game. Yeah, he'll be solid. And here he has very high energy income, so mm. you can get. A lot of energy pretty quickly and so like kind of when i'm playing uh stones unyielding defiance i like to focus on cards like the yeah. the effect of the cards first and right. then because a lot of his innate powers have to deal deal with blight that's kind of the secondary objective hmm. because like i can get the cards and if i can prevent the blight awesome but if there's blight on the board at that point then you know yeah so did you find that your card like had to have stone on it in order for you to take or earth in order for you to take it not necessarily because there is a growth option which gives you two earth. Okay. And if you have maxed out the bottom track, then you're already at seven earth if you take that growth option. Gotcha. Okay. So you so, always have the option to max out on a given turn. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, because like one of his growth options, like his fourth tier growth option on his second track is it gives you a stone and then any element. So oh, that could yeah. be a stone. But yeah, so that stuns unyielding defiance. One yeah. of the things like I, I kind of have my notes. I, I wrote out just kind of like what elements that people use. And I have stones and more stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so if or I think it's earth, um, is the is the oh it is earth term. on the on the thing um, it says earth. But, but like yeah. it looks like a stone, and he's called stones. So, yeah, exactly. You know. But this one this one is fun. It's like I'm starting to try and think of the spirits that I'm going to play to try and you know beat the difficulty eleven adversary. Oh yeah, um, and like those are pro- this one's not going to be one of them. Right, right. So it it was fun to play. I would play it right. if it was dealt to me, but it's not one that I'm going to choose. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily reward excellent play. Yeah. Um, thematically, though, a fun a fun thing. So, um, Starlight seeks its form, which is one of the high complexity ones that we will talk about. Um, thematically, is like basically like a star energy that kind of like fell to Earth. Yeah. And was kind of like coalesced by Stone's unyielding defiance. So it talks about that on the back. Oh, okay. Um, That's Starlight cool. seeks its form. There's a little was, bit of a crossover there. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. It was fragile and new, and it was saved from dissolution by Stone's unyielding defiance. I thought that was cute. Oh yeah, that is cool. So they're friends. Nice. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> So next one. Next one, we have Shifting Memory of Ages. Um, so Shifting Memory of Ages, he looks like very peaceful, right? I mean, he's like yeah. he's basically this brown sort of scaly rock golem that's carrying like a handful of crystals. He, and it, yeah, no, he looks like the skinny version of Vital Strength of the Earth. Like, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he really does. He really does. Um, and that's actually very thematic. His like crystals come into like what his abilities are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in our most recent game, this is the one that I played. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um, So the his kind of thing is he can play with banking elements. And that was something I think that they introduced with this it is. expansion, yeah, right? This so is you new. Can, yeah, so, and so there are lots of, not lots, but there are cards and abilities that allow you to take 
a um, take an element marker. Like which, a token. Like, like a it's token. a physical token. Yeah. A physical token that you can then spend later to generate an element that you need for that turn. And this is kind of like his deal. That's that's what he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he has he has it on like his presence tracks. There are a couple of spots where he can create element markers per turn. And then it's one of his innate powers is just an element marker generation per turn. Um, and then he, on his like, uh, core cards doesn't really he's not really dedicated to an element of any type he mostly what he wants to do is pick up major powers see what they can be spent on and then just get the elements for that this makes him a very fun spirit to play yeah i right? think he's he's really fun and um one of his other like kind of abilities is that when you gain a major power typically in spirit island you have to like basically trash another card that you have yeah he can discard it so he's not losing cards mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so which reward like because normally we would say like you wouldn't you would want to get up to like five or six cards before you take your first major power yeah. because otherwise if you're discarding your minor powers like trashing them you don't have enough your your cards gonna be too expensive you don't have yep. enough income to afford all the major powers you have in your turn. And he never has to deal with that because he always has all of his starting minor cards. Um, plus, he picks up a couple minor cards just off of like abilities for free. So. Yep. This is a very fast spirit, too. Oh, yeah. So You he, get a major power turn one, it's fast spirit. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he has a growth option, which is plus nine energy, which is the most <laughs> expensive of. major power. Yeah. Nine energy. Nine energy, right. And and then like his energy track isn't even that like slow either. Like No, it's really and, fast. You know, it's it's... It's increasing one every single turn. Like it's one, yep. two, three, four, five. Yeah. The only thing that it is bad about it is that it starts at zero. Like yeah. it starts slow. So you may have a slow like first couple of turns, but like your third turn is going to be huge. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's pretty rare. I think it's funny that his like other innate power is just like a really basic defense. It's just like to buy you a little bit of time yep. while you ramp up. Yep. And like the innate powers are not that special on this one. So it's no. very card driven. 100% card driven. 100% card driven, especially because you got the elements and like just to reiterate those element tokens stay around into future rounds yeah so you can bank them yeah you're banking them yeah and so like I, I was playing with my cousin who played this and he said it was kind of interesting because it's it's kind of like removing the management of energy and you're managing resource or you're managing mm -hmm. elements as your resource rather mm -hmm. than energy mm -hmm. because energy because is you're not going to be an issue with this spirit no it's not at all but your element generation's re relatively slow yep so like i i was able to build up to a really big turn that helped us win the game um, but like it cost enough like water element that like I, I didn't have enough water cards to kind of like fill in that gap, you know? And so it was like, I'm, I'm probably only gonna be able to do that once. Yep. You know, I would say that this spirit's primary focus is utility, yeah. um, which is kind of like on the back of every spirit. They kind of give a range of, you know, are they good in offense, defense, um, utility, right. fear. And this one is definitely utility because you're drawing so many major, or major powers. And then you can look and say, oh, like, you know, my teammates playing Volcano. Oh, He's yeah. very high offense. Maybe I should focus on defense, or maybe I should yeah. focus on you know uh, control, moving people towards the volcano. Yeah, right? push them to the volcano that's yeah. about to erupt and let and them die. So it's a very yeah. flexible spirit for sure. Um, it's pretty easy in the sense that you don't have to manage energy, but you, I think, like anything with high utility or high control is tip is inherently a more complex spirit. For sure, you have to understand the game a little bit more. For sure, yeah, this is not one that you could just straight up give to a new player because they have to kind of understand when they look at the first, like four major powers on their first turn, they have to understand what the team needs them to pick and like also which one of them are good that they're looking at, right? So like it's not a first playthrough, but like on your after that, your first couple playthroughs, playthroughs, this was one of the more fun spirits that I found yeah. next to Volcano because it is like, I'm going to get major powers super early and just blow stuff up. Like, yeah, that's a ton of fun. destroyed a board. I destroyed a board. Like, like we removed a board from the game. Yeah, <laughs> removed a board from the game. We, like, we were, like, watching things build up, like, build more, build more, and then yeah. destroy the board and got, like, 20-something fear. It was a great turn. Yeah, no, th this one is definitely one of my more favorite spirits to play in this expansion. For sure, for sure. One of the more favorites. Moving on. 
Yeah, let's do it. Okay, next up we have Grinning Trickster Stirs Up Trouble. If that doesn't excite you, <laughs> none of the rest of the names will excite you. Yeah. Um, this one looks like a, I don't know, it looks sort of like forest creatures, but like, and they have like a bunch of eyes. It's like the kind of the darker green colors. It's right? like, one of them's definitely like a fox, like the trickster. Yeah, fox-like. One of them's maybe like raccoon-like or something. I don't yeah. know, but like they, you look at them and you're like, oh, they look crafty. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so this is like, I think one of mine, I've only played this one once, and I think that like it was a lot of fun to play, but I don't know how effective it would be in higher Oh, not at all. <laughs> difficulty 100% play. not. <laughs> because like what what it's kind of going after is like one of its innate abilities is you draw a random card and you play it, right? And <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like it's just kind of like a let's see what happens type yeah. of spirit. Like you yeah. you know, you're just like hoping that they fight each other. It's yeah. one of the only spirits that I can think of right now off the top of my head that uses the strife token. I was about to say, like, that is probably the strongest thing that it does is it can generate a lot of strife. Strife, if you remember from the previous expansion, prevents, like, one invader from participating in the ravage steps. So that can be really helpful for, like, blocking a city or a town. Sort of like a, it's almost like defending, but it, it will stick, the token will stick around until the next ravage phase, if that makes sense. Yeah, so just to kind of give a little bit of ideas of how he plays, is he uh -huh. has some cards in his initial starting hand, which allows him to add strife, and then he has cards that allows him to make... Invaders of Strife deal damage to other invaders, so it's like about fun. the chaos, right? The chaos, yeah. Um, and then his, his like special rules is that when he adds a Strife, he can pay energy to add his second Strife, and so like mm -hmm. there's more Strife on the board when Trickster is in play than any other time, for sure. But um, as like the teammate, I do rem like the several times I've played. I, I haven't played this spirit, but I've played as this spirit's teammate twice. And both times it's been like, okay, I'm going to do these things. Like, can you do that? And both times the player was like, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, okay. Like, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Like, I, I think that you you build up to get maybe your base innate powers. Like, your innate powers don't cost a lot of elements. Yeah, they really don't. And so you, you kind of, like, build that and then you go for cards. Because, yeah. like, one of the upgraded versions of your innate powers is the card that you randomly play. You can then take it into your hand. So if it's a good one, you can grab it. Yeah. And so it, it's it's kind of like the the random bag of tricks yeah. spirit. I think it's fun to try. Like, yeah, you know, definitely. play it once. But, yeah, like, just looking at the innate powers, there are five different elements represented. That's a lot. Yeah. It really a is a lot for it. the only like I think the only one that's more is the build your own spirit one because yeah. it represents all of them. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but other than that, it makes it like it makes it hard to predict. It makes it hard to be like a really strong functioning part. If we were going to build an ideal team, you would never pick this person. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's never going to make <laughs> yeah. its way into an ideal team. Exactly. Um, but like if you're randomly dealt it, it's going to be a lot of fun to play. The 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 game that we just played, um, one of our teammates played uh, Trickster. And it was just like, hopefully this doesn't add a blight and like flip up the top card. You're like, no, oh no, so don't scared. do that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, you know, she would be like, uh, oh, should I like do this random ability on this territory? And we'd be like, ah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. But it is super satisfying and really fun when it's like, okay, well that territory is gonna die. Hopefully, defend five. You're like, yes, yes, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. That's exactly what we needed. So, yeah, yeah it's just kind of like a random. Um, and so like, we put it in like the medium complexity because. Yeah. Like, I guess it could be lower complexity, but it's also, like, I don't know. It's just, like, yeah. it's so random. It's, like, it's kind of the outlier of the expansion, I think. For sure. For sure. Moving on. Yeah. The next one. So, in these next two, on, on the board, they were listed as moderate. We kind of talked and agreed they were probably moderate high like they're, they're not they're not high yeah but they're upper level moderate in complexity they're, they're more complex than stones unyielding defiance for right? sure like, for sure definitely for sure they require a little bit more thinking so this next one is lore of the deep wilderness this one looks sort of like almost almost like a frog that has like that yeah. uh, that like headpiece lore that you see from like the deep ocean fish if you know what i'm talking about um and and so well actually i've talked through a lot of them why, why don't you talk through this one what does a uh, lore of the deep wilderness do 
Uh, so Lord of the Deep Wilderness is an interesting one where he like replaces towns with explorers or cities with explorers or explorers with explorers and causes fear in yeah. the meantime. He's yeah. also like he's like downgrading everything to the explorer level. Yeah, and then like his uh, passive ability is that up to two explorers don't ravage during the ravage step. Yeah, and so it, it's kind of hard to plan that out because you, you're switching out towns and cities as a slow action to mm-hmm. like you, you kind of have to plan it out to see what's ravaging next, where's the yeah. like what is this, built. Yeah, this one does not active it's not active in the fast phase most of the things (laughs) you're going to be doing are in the slow phase which means you need to have kind of the presence of mind to be prepping for not what's going to happen now that you need to help fix but what's happening next round right that's one of the things that kicks it into that medium high complexity yeah absolutely then the uh like he he does have like a good amount of fear generation because when you replace the town or the city uh, like that's not destroying so you don't get the two fear for destroying the city but you, right. it does cause a fear whenever you use that innate power mm-hmm. and then he has like destroy up to one of his other innate ab- abilities is like destroy up to two explorers per token on that land right and so right. so this this exp- or this spirit uses every single token except for strife so he yeah. uses bad Which makes lands. sense because it's like using yeah. all of the wilds ones yeah if that makes sense all the naturally occurring ones yeah and so when i'm playing this spirit i like to create like horrible like i think of it as like no man's land no like. man's land like thorny like thick forest yeah fangorn yeah know? fangorn yeah exactly and then you get, <laughs> like it's just like this this is the one that i really want to pair with oceans because he cannot oh, be yeah. in coastal coastal right? he has to be inland lands. and so like you just like either way you push him it's just gonna like throw him into the coastal lands or mm-hmm. for oceans or you're gonna throw him into inland for it would be war. really fun you basically make inland uninhabitable yeah. and then the coastal guy just takes care of everything on the coasts this this i think that this is a pretty fast spirit in yeah. terms of ramping oh i would totally um, agree and, and just like it also just like helps because if you replace a town with an explorer it won't build a city the next build phase yeah and then also like the ability to ignore up to two explorers during ravage is not an innate power it's a special rule yeah so it always happens active. and it's free it's just active anywhere you have presence and so it's sort of like putting down your presence just kind of applies to defense everywhere yep. right so you just have like one or two to han running around you know you just you convert towns into explorers now they like you said they don't build and when they then when they ravage the han kills them and it's just it's very <laughs> easy to play yeah i have that you want to focus on innate powers for this guy um, because you want to break them down into explorers so they yeah. don't ravage. Yeah, that's kind of thing. I, I have like a primary focus, uh, like kind of like defense, offense. I just have oh. everything for him. Yeah, yeah, I would <laughs> so totally agree. Like he, like, can, he can play anywhere he needs to be playing, but like he, he will definitely be focusing on the innate powers, especially because the innate powers have kind of a delicate balance of elements. It's yeah. another one that's reaching into like, it's technically five, it's really four, because like fire is just like a single of yeah. fire kind of yeah. thing. Um, but you, you do kind of need to like find the right combinations of things and you need to be again, kind of looking ahead because the powers are slow looking ahead into the next turn of what it's going to be good to do. Yeah. The one, the one last thing I want to talk about, uh, lure of the deep wilderness is his growth options, which are kind of unique because there Mm. are two different segments of growth options and you pick one out of each bucket. Yeah. Which is, which I don't think is done on any other spirit, but I think they should do more of, yeah, they, they should do more of. And so like. The first segment is like you can reclaim cards and gain an energy, or you can place uh, one presence up to four away, which is really yeah. far. <laughs> and because <laughs> you can only place inland, like that's basically the rest of the board. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you pick one of those, and then you pick one of the second bucket, which is you gain either moon, air, or plant, 
and two energy, or you gain a power card. Yeah. And so the other reason why I said you want to focus on innate powers is it's kind of hard to get power cards for this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you compare it to that, like getting an element for the turn or that two energy, you know, and that's like that's a hard trade off. That's an yeah. expensive opportunity cost. Yep. Next one. Many minds move as one. That one's difficult to say. This one has the single coolest art. Yeah. Concept, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? So this one is like basically a bunch of birds that like make a face in like, uh, what's the term? Like in reprieve or in uh, whatever. They make a face. <laughs> Anyways, many minds move as one. It's a bunch of birds. Um, and, and this is the beast one. Yeah. Right. This one controls beast. Yeah, that's your deal. You like, your sacred sites beast. count as beast. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and then your powers do more damage if there are more beasts in the territory. Like this is the beast dude. Um, what I this is actually one. This is probably the first one so far that I have not seen played or, okay. or played myself. So yeah. give me your impressions of uh, many minds moves one. Yeah. So I have played this one and I've played as a teammate to this one one time. This one is interesting. And I, I have, let me say that we have recently stopped playing with the event cards. Okay. So there are mm -hmm. event, there's an event card deck that you flip up each round and we, oh. we Jagged Earth introduced a modular variant where you don't play with that. And then the beasts do some other things once you reach like invader level two and invader level three, mm -hmm. but it like removes the randomness from the game. It also cuts a lot of time off the game because you spend a lot of time reading those event cards each round and trying to decide what you're going to do with those event cards. Yeah. And like how they work. Yeah. So I have not played this without the event cards and the, a lot of the event cards reference beast so like the beast yeah. do one damage so yeah i don't know if that increases or decreases the power because i feel like it at least makes it more consistent and predictable yes as a power because like twice per game now you can cause each beast to do one damage one fear or move the beast right and if you are playing many and that's like an act that's an ability that you activate and you yeah. you know what i mean so it's not like i'm waiting for this to happen it might happen it's like this is a good turn for this let's go ahead and do it yeah exactly and I think that many minds moves as one because you have so much control over where the beast are. You can optimize knowing that, hey, this ability is about to be unlocked for me in stage two. Yeah. That I can optimize the board and which is why I think it's a little bit higher of complexity because you have to understand yeah. where things are going to be two turns from now and like start moving things there. For sure. And it gives you the ability to do that. One of the innate powers lets you kind of move the beasts around and, the, and that... Like it's listed as high control on the back of the card, right? So that's that's going you know going in that that's going to be a big part of the game. Um, I think that the event cards, if they are in the game, they're they're very swingy. Like they could make you have this amazing yeah. game, or they could not. Um, what the 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 change to just having those on call abilities does for you is it allows you to have like that one big turn. We talk about that being important sometimes in Spirit Island to get one big push to win the game, and these can potentially kind of supply you that. The one other kind of unique thing about Many Minds Moves is one is it's the first non promo spirit that has five power cards starting out. Oh, very cool. So yeah. everyone has four power cards. Many Minds Moves as one has five. And so mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, like, oh, they gave me an extra. It's like, no, they actually didn't. So mm -hmm. the uh, his sacred sites count as beasts as well. So you can <laughs> you you can have a lot of beasts on the board. And then a lot of the uh, abilities are like gather up to one beast, which could be a sacred site. So you can move oh, sacred you can move sites, sacred which sites is around. kind of really kind interesting. Of cool. yeah. it's, 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 there's a lot of control and a lot of modularity and a lot of fluidity to the board when For you're sure. playing with this one. For sure. How did you find that he played as a teammate? Like, like when if your teammate had this one, how, how did that affect your play? I don't necessarily think that the it was a good teammate or a bad teammate. Mm -hmm. It was kind of more of, hey, like... Mini Minds is going to do his beast thing, and that's when we were playing the event card. So he's going to like oh, okay. hopefully take out the explorers, and yeah. like he he has another innate ability that causes like a good amount of fear. Okay, and like uh, two fear and defend two, then it goes to three fear defend four, four fear defend seven. Yeah, it has a pretty solid, not like amazing, but like consistent fear generation. Consistent fear generation and defense, and with the event cards, it's like 
maybe some offense. And so kind of when I'm playing with many minds, move as one as my teammate, uh-huh. I'm looking at where can I do the consistent offense? Gotcha. Because like with the event cards, the beasts typically target explorers. And so it's okay. like, I need to be the ones taking out the towns and the cities. Yeah. Okay. And so it, it, it I, I think it would be feel... interesting though, to replay it without the event cards. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Because a lot or a lot of his like in, innate cards start with manipulation of beast and adding beast and all of that. Yeah. He has adding beast as a growth option. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Instead of, or you add a presence and a beast up to three away. Up to three away. That's huge. Like you're like, I want a beast over there. Yeah. And then you can, yeah. And so like another one of his growth options is add a presence one away, then add a presence zero away. Yeah. So that you're adding a sacred site and a beast to that territory. If you want to, that's right. Because your sacred site counts as beast. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. So this is one that I think that looks not very interesting at the beginning, but I think with more playing, it becomes more apparent with how strong it can be. Yeah, you kind of unlock the intricacies of it. Yeah, and yeah. I think Thunder Speaker was similar in the base game where very, yeah. you control the Dahan, and this yeah. is very much the Thunder Speaker of Jagged Earth. Okay, where it's like you're instead of like moving Dahan and having Dahan do stuff for you, you're moving Beast and having Beast do stuff for gotcha. you. Gotcha. That's good to know because like Thunder Speaker was one of my probably my favorite actually yeah. in in the base game. I thought it because it was like played poorly it will be fine played well it will be excellent yeah you know so i would be interested to try this one then yeah for that reason yeah okay so yeah we'll we'll have you play this one next very cool (laughs) you want to move on to high complexity yeah let's do it moving into high complexity so we have next up shroud of silent mist and this one is extremely recognizable this is basically the ring wraith right yeah like you look at it you're like that's a ring wraith like i know and you're like that is obviously the mist one it's sort of like a ring wraith built out of mist Um, Um, you played this in one of our recent games yeah so this was the one that i played last night this is a I think very it's okay. So like, it's kind of hard to say it's a very high complex spirit because they have introduced that as a bucket to place spirits in. Yeah, it is a very high complex, high complexity spirit. Like if, if that yeah. makes any within sense. high complexity, it's yeah. very high. Yeah. Like if, if I'm if I'm comparing this to bringer of dreams and nightmares, this is way more complex than that spirit. Yeah, for sure. and so the this one is very. It's all about how many presents are in adjacent lands to the land you're targeting yeah which like just takes a lot of forethought and like it took me an entire game to start understanding where i needed to be how i need to move because like one of his abilities is when you target a land you can gather a presence into that land or into an adjacent land yeah and And that can also like help you with the targeting which is like super weird and it's just like it doesn't get a lot of energy. And the mm-hmm. other really cool thing about yeah, this... Yeah, it maxes out at two per turn. Yep. Like that's, that's his max yep. energy production. And it doesn't have a growth option for energy. But the reason that is, is because uh, invaders and Dahan do not heal at the end of the round mm-hmm. where your presence is. Crazy powerful. Yeah. So, so if you damage a city to damage, typically if you don't kill it, it would heal back up to its full health. Whereas with Shroud of Silent Mist, it does not heal. Then, at while time passes, when they would heal, you generate one fear mm-hmm. per land with damaged invaders that you're in. And for every three lands that you're in, you get an energy. Yep. And so you kind of want to not kill things. Yeah. Um, and that's such... that I think that is what makes it complex. Just yeah. that, that super delicate balance of like, what areas can I leave things alive in? Yeah. You know? And it's like, it, it works with like... I think like the easiest way is if you can defend like a city versus a Dahan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So like the Dahan fights back two, the city goes down to one health. And since that's in a ravage phase, you have at least two more turns until it ravages again. For sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good point. And so at that point, 
you can destroy the city and cost two fear. Or if you don't destroy the city, it will generate at least two fear over the next two turns. Right. And so and two money. Right? And or or one third of a money. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because it's one. Yeah. Because every three lands. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Which I found really difficult. I never got six lands with destroyed invaders. I maxed out at five. Yeah. Which like you will kind of want to max out with five because that's the fear production. You know, it's really like you want to get to three. You want to have a minimum of three. <laughs> yeah. If you can get four and five, that's great. But like six is maybe too much. Yep. Um, I, I found one of the like smartest, I'm, I'm going to like toot my own horn here for a second. <laughs> yeah. Like smartest decisions I made um, is I played as your teammate when you were playing this. I recognized that you wanted to be leaving things alive. So the best thing as a teammate that I could provide you was defense. And I was playing the build, yeah. your, build a spirit spirit. <laughs> right. And so like I built that to like provide defense. And so that's what we did the whole game is like you would leave things alive places and I'd be like, I can defend there. And I would defend yep. that, defend that, defend that. And then it wasn't a big deal that we were leaving it alive and it generated a ton of fear. And that made winning that game fairly simple. I, I have that uh, Shroud of Silent Mist um, really wants to focus on innate powers because you don't necessarily yeah. have the energy to pay for a major power. I don't even know if I drew a major power. I don't game. think you can. Like, like it, it, You can't afford really it. It's really hard to get that energy. Yeah. But like all of the innate powers are like one damage. One damage per f- or presence adjacent to that land. Yeah, a lot One of more damage. damage, and so it's all like, that's slow. So it's not going to save you, yep. you know. From but if you're getting it ahead of time, it can be it can be huge. Yep. The other kind of interesting thing that I figured out about halfway through the game is that its second innate power, lost in the swirling haze, is like a manipulation of explorers or Dahan. and it says you it's like range zero. So you target a land range zero where you're already in, uh-huh. and then you can push up to one Dahan or two explorers or whatever. Right. But since it's up to one Dahan, you can push zero Dahan and then move a presence to an adjacent land. Because oh, it just gives you the ability to target a land, yeah. and that's important because you need to target a land in order to move your presence yeah. around. Yeah, and so like I figured out that about like halfway through the game, I was like, "Oh, that's why this is here." Yeah. <laughs> and this is this is one of the two spirits that I want that I will play to get excellent at. Like I really mm-hmm. want to build and like figure out how to become good at this spirit because this is I think my second favorite spirit in this expansion. Wow. Very cool. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. It a was fun. a lot of fun to play. That's so. good to hear. Yeah, I, I really, I, I thought it was just a really cool concept. It, it reminded me a lot because I love Robinson Crusoe, right? There's like a scenario in Robinson Crusoe where you're like fighting the mist. Oh, yeah. And it reminded me of being the other side of that, you know, <laughs> where like, I'm not the invaders, I'm the mist that's killing the invaders. Yeah. So that like really resonated with me. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. Such a good one, yeah. Yeah, and moving on. We have Vengeance as a Burning Plague, which I thought, reading that, that it would be like a fire-based one. It turns out it's not. But <laughs> it, it, has, it looks like fire. It looks like fire. It looks like a salamander that's on fire, but when you look closely, it's actually sort of like diseased, and that's kind of actually more the theme. This is the one that builds off of the diseased token. Yep, and this one is quoted as a high-complexity spirit, and I think it is also like a little bit higher complexity than the base game high-complexity spirits. Okay. Just because it's like it's weird and hard to understand how to play it, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So disease is the token. It's important to understand. Disease is the token that prevents the build, right? Yes. Yeah. So it prevents the build, but um, his like special rules is if you want to, you can let the invaders build where there's a disease and cause a fear instead. Yeah. Because a lot of his uh, abilities are, hey, like target. Or like per disease token, or if it has a disease token, you have to target a land with the disease token. Yeah, yeah. Um, like one of his innate powers does one damage per disease token, and then above that it's plus one damage. So each disease token is doing two and that sort of thing. So there are situations where you would leave the disease token behind. He has a very slow ramp. Yeah. Because it is hard to spread the disease. One of his growth options is to place a presence or a disease, 
And it's like really hard to yep. make the choice to place a disease rather than a presence. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I'm sure. Uh, because like he does have a fairly like simplistic growth track. Like it's one, two, animal, three, three four, four. For money. Energy. Yeah. Or, and then, yeah like, energy. I always think of it as money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then card plays is like one, two, fire, two, three, three, four. So it's like it's not that interesting of a growth track. You're not mm-hmm. unlocking like amazing abilities, but like it's always just good to spread out so you can affect more lands. So placing yeah. that disease token is just like hard. To that, do. That's really tough to do. And also, I think just like allowing something to build is like a that's a big brain decision, right? That's like that's risky. That's a, that's a ballsy move to say like, no, you go ahead and build a city. I'm fine with that. You know, like that's <laughs> that's so hard to like make yeah. that call. Yeah, and, and like in the hands of a poor player, you could really put yourself in some bad positions playing this spirit. Yeah. One of the interesting things about this spirit is that it is not the worst thing in the world to allow your spirit to get, or your presence to get destroyed. So Mm. when your presence gets destroyed, typically you're going to add a blight to the land because invaders are ravaging. They're going to add a blight to the land. And then you get to place a disease token where your presence was destroyed. And this spirit treats blighted lands as bad land tokens. Okay. Which increases the damage by one. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you basically add, whenever you die, your presence gets destroyed. You add both a disease and a Badlands token effectively into that land, mm-hmm. which makes it like the hit back really hard. Gotcha. So like you can you can sacrifice <laughs> you one. You killed me. That was a mistake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that, that one's kind of fun. This is the one that I feel like I have the lowest grasp on. Like I, okay. I feel like I don't understand how to play this one effectively. Yeah. Yet, because um, when I was like looking at it, I was like, you know, I could see this one like playing into innate powers or playing into like card effects, kind of depending on what you were seeing. Maybe I have card slash innate. Yeah. Okay. You agree. <laughs> cool. Because it's like, yeah, it's just like hard. It's like because innate, innate powers are good, but they're not like game breaking, right? Like they're not like yep. enormous, but and they're solid. Like, yeah. It's like, and it's maybe like, I yeah, it, it's just hard, and it's like yeah. maybe it's on the card draw. You maybe that's why it's the high complexity spirit is because it it you have to make the decision pretty early on if you call, if you draw a cards, are you focusing on elements? Are you focusing on the effect? Yep. You just have to like see the long-term benefit of taking the card that doesn't give you the elements or vice versa. For sure. If you found a card that did both though, you'd be, <laughs> you would be winning <laughs> yeah. the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, this is one that I want to play more of. Yeah. Um, I didn't love it the first time I played it. Uh-huh. I think it was just like, I didn't understand until like the last like round of the game, what I was kind of supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the one that will reward a lot of plays a lot yeah because it's like when you get to the end of the game and disease is all over the board you're like oh it would have been really nice to put all of that disease over here and like oh trying to like, yeah but i messed up <laughs> yeah. yeah and kind of like because that's true he doesn't have a way that. to like move disease like it is not yeah. like the beast guy right and many minds move as one can move around so if you put him in the in the wrong spot that's like that sin is forgiven kind of thing yeah whereas like the diseases you know you're kind of stuck with where they are yep yep oh totally so it's a very slow ramp high complexity I'm excited to try it more. <laughs> cool, cool. All right, so we're moving now into the very high complexity, which like hurt to think about. They even. hurt to think about. <laughs> there, there are two. This is a new category. There were previously were not high, very high complexity. Right? Yeah. So they're like something was created <laughs> to encompass these. And when you look at them, you're like, oh yeah, I totally understand that. So the first one up, we have fractured days split the sky. And if I had to pick a name for a very complex spirit, I would pick that because I don't know like, <laughs> those words in that order. That's hard to hard to even comprehend. Um, so this one basically messes with time. And so, again, already you're like, well, that sounds complicated. <laughs> you would be correct. So in, in, with this spirit, you get to deal a certain number of power cards. Um, if it's in like a three or more player game, it's four minor, four major. In a one or two player game, it's six and six. 
you get to deal those sort of like face up in your play area. And effectively, when you draft power cards, they can come from that. And so the very start of the game, you can sit down, deal those cards face up to yourself and look and kind of play out how your first like several turns are going to go. You're going to say, I'm going to I'm going to draft these minor cards. I'm going to build this element base and then draft this major card and, and be able to like hit on that. That, that's kind of like the main thing it does. It also has an ability where it like stores time and actually like res removes its presence from its board into a like time bank and then can use that to repeat its, it becomes a price that is paid on some of its powers, right? So you're kind of like banking your presence and then like spending them again, which is more just like a mechanic than an actual like gameplay advantage kind of thing. Yeah, I think this one is very high because of how many paths you have availability which is even more mm -hmm. evident in the next one we're going to talk about for sure but the uh the, the time is really interesting because like the growth options allow you to get like up to two time or up to three time and those yeah. go into a bank off of your presence tracks mm -hmm. um and then when you right spend so it's time, not on the board and it's not on your presence track anymore yeah. and when you spend time you put it back onto your presence track that doesn't have to go to the space it was before yeah and so you're unlocking income or you're unlocking card plays but like next turn it could be the complete opposite so yeah. like you can like i will say as a part of that though like your presence tracks are very bad yeah like you're only getting up to like three money and that's at your like sixth presence well not counting the like one it's the one you start with so like your fifth presence removed and then your card plays are just going from ones up to three again so it's like it's it's not like you're unlocking super powerful things but the ability to sort of like flex am i getting more money or more card plays per turn that's going to be an integral part of playing the spirit yeah absolutely and like that's kind of ba balanced out because he has really powerful growth options yeah incredibly and so like powerful. some of his growth options are up to like you get a power card from the, the the stack that you generated at the beginning or like one of his growth options is gain a moon gain a power card add a presence and then you get to choose one of these options twice you can gain one time or you can get plus two card plays so you can get plus four <laughs> card plays which uh, is crazy. Which is crazy. As a growth option, that's like well above anything anybody else is yeah. able to do. And then like the other one is like gain a sun, move a presence up to four, gain a power card from your your personal stash, and then up to three times, uh, gain you know up to three time or gain up to six money, like two right. money. So like two for one, yeah. You you can fix yourself on the growth tracks because it's like oh I just I'm gonna take six money this turn. I'm gonna be good for a while or six yeah. energy this turn and be yeah. good for a while. This one like is fucked like th this one hurts my head like yeah it, like it is so complex and this is my favorite spirit from from the expansion from the from the expansion Very this cool. is i've only played this one once because i i'm still recovering um <laughs> <laughs> but the uh th this one is it has some really game-breaking abilities i don't recommend this to anyone who has not played this game a lot yeah. because i played it as a two-player game so i was looking at 12 power cards at the very beginning of the game before i even took my first growth option yeah and i'm looking at these cards and i am planning out the game and this could be anything from like your major powers like if you have a major power that requires these element markers then you know i'm going to choose the minor powers that give me those elements and i'm going to be able to play this when i take this growth option eight turns in a row eight, eight turns down eight turns down the line yeah and it's just like it's just a lot to think about it's a lot you're not going to play this one when you're drinking like, <laughs> like which makes it hard for us to play yeah, it really does <laughs> yeah I, I think you pointed out like when i when i first read it i was like okay for like in the three-player game like at the, at the beginning of the game you deal yourself four minor powers and four major powers isn't that the same thing as just like gaining a, a major a minor power card and gaining a major power card because when you do that, you draw the top four on the deck and you look at them, you pick which one you want. Yeah. And, and you pointed out, and I thought this was a really good point, like, yes, that's the same, like, looking at the same number of cards. However, since you know it from the beginning of the game, 
I can now like draft in. I can look and say like, oh, I want that major power card. None of these minor power cards get me that, or maybe only one of them does. So I need to be drafting new minor power cards. Or I can look and say like, no, these are the ones that I need. I'm going to get those two minor power cards, that major, and now I have an engine. Yep. Right. So it just kind of gives you that like, it, you know, from the start of the game, like the randomness is removed of what I'm just going to top deck. Yep. Kind of and I could build a strategy based on it. Yep. Very high utility. Very yeah. slow ramp. Very slow ramp. Um, <laughs> we haven't talked a lot about like the innate powers. They're basically just utility. They don't. They're not going to win you the game. They're, yep. they're, this is one hundred percent a card driven spirit. Yes. Right? Yep. The innate and, powers will be nice, <laughs> but if you just drafted a major and minor powers that totally ignored your innate power elements, you'd be fine. Like that would not lose you the game at all. Yeah. My favorite innate power, I think, is on this spirit, just because I think it's a fun way to manipulate the the game. Is where <laughs> so you look at the top card of either the invader deck. Or the event deck. Um, in this case, it would be the invader deck. I don't think I ever chose the event deck. Mm -hmm. um, and then I can, like, if you if you have enough elements, then you can, like, switch it with a card from the discard pile if it's a uh, invader deck. Yeah, that is kind of funky. And so, like, you can switch out, like, a level 2 for a level 1. Right. Um, Again, it's playing with time. So, like, thematically, playing with time. that makes sense. And so, like, you're not going to get that surge of your adversary. Yeah. Um, you're switching out a number. Or if you... If you think that you're okay, you can switch out a level three with a level two. And yeah. so instead of affecting two islands, you're getting that level two card. And so it's yeah. just like you just have to understand the game very well very to play well. this uh, spirit effect. But it could be incredibly rewarding, especially if you were dealt the correct minor and major power cards yep. at the beginning of the game. Yeah. So sure. I, I don't. Yeah. So I would be interested in trying this one with a three player game and going to the four and four. I played it as a two. So I got the six and six. Oh, yeah. Which I think makes it a little bit better. Probably. Um, because Probably. you're getting 50% more cards, right? Especially so. since you only have like one teammate to like flex for. So you're yeah. kind of like trying to like flex into whatever they can't do. Right. And it's a little bit more obvious, maybe like what that could be. Yeah. Where that needs to be. Yeah. So this was the, the one that won the face off Friday. Our previous face-off Friday. Oh, so we, okay. we put this one up with the next one that we're about to talk about. Yeah. This is the one that people like more. But let's talk about the the last one. Right. The one that I like more. So <laughs> um, Starlight Seeks Its Form. This is the one that's all buddy-buddy with uh, Stone's Unyielding Defiance we talked about earlier. On the back of the... We also talked about this in the, uh, the face-off Friday. On the back of the player mat, it is described as a build-your-own spirit. And so... Yeah. I, yeah. You, you... In your innate powers... All eight elements are listed. You can you can take any of the elements and have a powerful and have a powerful spirit. Additionally, um, there are growth. <laughs> your basically you don't have a you don't quite have a presence track. You have half of a presence track. Yeah. Your other half of your presence track will unlock your growth track, which is like I know when you like hear that it's it, it's <laughs> like what is he even talking about? When you look at the sheet, it halfway makes sense, and then when you read through it, and then you reread through it, it now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. But basically, over the course of the yeah, game, you're going weird. to... I know, it's very <laughs> weird. Build your own spirit. So you're going to... But I, I love that they... Honestly, I love that they had the balls to like let you unlock growth <laughs> options. That's always yeah. been something that has been like fixed yep. on cards. And so... But the way you unlock them is by removing presence. So it feels like a presence track. But it's sort of like providing new growth options. Your growth options says pick three. You start the game with four options. And then as you unlock, there are sort of like four sets of pick between these two yep. and once you pick one you sort of lock yourself out of the other one for the rest of the game and then you can pick that growth option that you chose every every turn for the rest of the game if you wanted um, your innate powers then again all eight elements are listed <laughs> most of them are three so you're trying to get to three of a given element Th this is just also crazy because it has five innate powers it has five but separate it... innate powers yeah and and most of the elements are kind of doubled up yeah but it also has like nine innate powers because it's not necessarily yeah. or it has eight because all of none of them are instead except for one. 
Right. So it's like they're under the same, like, air moves, earth endures. Yeah. But guess what? That's air and earth. <laughs> yeah, it's air <laughs> and earth. But, like, you don't need the air to activate the earth ability. Right. And so right. it basically has eight different abilities, like, yeah. eight powers, which is insane. They're also of the, like, 12 places where you can remove presence. Four of them will unlock sort of a free element. It's like when you un- when you remove the presence from that, you can declare what element it's going to be. And for the rest of the game, it provides you that element every turn, right? So what you're going to do with this spirit is you're going to look around the board towards the beginning. You're going to notice what your companions do. And this is what I was talking about um, when Nelson was playing Shroud of Silent Mist that I noticed I needed to kind of be defensive. And based on the other like the other spirit that was being played, which I believe, if I remember right, was Lore of the Deep Wilderness. It was, yeah, Lore. Yeah, I, I wanted to be able to kind of move things around. I was like, I need to be able to move explorers, move Dahan if I need to. And so I kind of like, I chose a couple of elements. I was like, I kind of want to focus on that if I can. And so I was able to, over the course of the game, I was able to build the elements that I produce each turn so that the specific innate powers that I wanted activated each turn. This was a very very difficult spirit to play. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It. I just want to run through like my <laughs> my little things that I, yeah, I like. I didn't go even for it. know. It's like primary focus. I had everything and nothing. Complexity. I had very high. Carter and Nate. I had both. Like <laughs> like because like the innate powers. There's a lot of them, but they're not super powerful. Sure. Like and they don't like necessarily upgrade. So a lot of them, you know, you'll do like one damage, and then if you get more elements, then it's plus one damage. Whereas this yeah. one is just like. I don't know. Pick one. Yeah. Uh, speed is slow. I, it, this is a oh, slow very spirit. slow. Um, At the beginning, where you don't have like a path determined yet, you're bad. Like yep. it's a bad spirit. Yep. And then I have top elements. Like what? What elements does it use the most? I I wrote who the hell knows. Who the hell knows? <laughs> I so, think <laughs> yeah. I I think like first of all, I loved playing this spirit. Like it, it forced my brain to like think about things in a way that I thoroughly enjoyed. I think though, again, if you were going to try to like script a team to beat like level 10 or 11, I don't think you would pick the spirit. Okay. Yeah, I, no, I don't I think it's that. powerful enough. I can see that. I think yeah. we played it a little bit differently. Um, and so the way that I played it, I was able to basically, I found a, a major power early on that I built my element that I uncovered I oh, built okay. the elements in order to just specifically play that card every gotcha. single turn. Yeah. And so we and were playing you, it. It has like, at the start, it has a growth option to recover one. Yep. Yeah. And one of my, yep. And so like I was taking that growth option and then I had the necessary elements to basically cause eight fear a turn just off that one card. Yeah. And we were playing two players. So that's one fear card. Yeah. And so like when I, when I got that engine rolling, I was like, we have minimum six turns left. Right. Um, or maximum six maximum, turns. Left. We just gotta survive. Yeah, we just turns. have to survive because in six turns we will win on fear, and we ended up winning on fear. Gotcha. Because like, I was doing between eight and 12, 13 fear a turn just off cards without like additional abilities. Yeah. And so the uh, the two different like kind of paths that you can take is you can flex in and kind of be good at everything, or you can if you get lucky enough to find that major power card or something like that, you can do that. The other interesting thing about this spirit is like I. Don't I think I reclaim cards like once, other than the reclaim one. Yeah. Because like I just unlocked the ability turn one to gain a power card and move a presence. And I just took that every single turn. Yeah. And like so every turn was just a little bit different for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I was just like playing new power cards and like my discard stack was just huge. And yeah. when I picked it up, like I have we have these like little card holders. That none of my cards all my cards did not fit. Yeah. Like, I was just like, I just have too many cards. I have too many cards. But I think like if you are going to deal spirits randomly, basically, if a experienced <laughs> player gets this spirit, you like this is a very strong position to win the game from. Yeah. Right. Because like that experienced player can sort of flex into whatever the team needs or do what you're talking about. 
take a major power very early and just be the powerhouse that will like drive the team to victory. Yeah. Um, but I, I just I think like if you're going to build a spirit that is high reward for high like skill play yep that you would probably go for fractured days right because yep. if, if you're like I, I need to build something to win like the difficulty 11 type scenarios fractured days is a little bit more maybe consistent because you're seeing your cards <laughs> at the start you can also probably like see those cards and say we're not winning this game that's true Redeal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Redeal. so there is that yeah no i i I love this expansion. Yeah. Um, I we have played Spirit Island is our most played games ever since I started tracking all of our games. Like we're over like I think we're close to like fifty hours worth of Spirit Island played, which That's is nuts, just man. absurd. But like I I've played all of these spirits once at least. Very cool. And then um you know now we're now I'm kind of moving into like I have my favorite couple. Yeah. Um, which like just to kind of reiterate would probably be fractured. They split the split the sky, the uh, shroud of silent mist. And then mm. I, I really enjoyed Volcano. You got, <laughs> like, everyone Volcano will, is go, you're going to love Volcano. Yeah. Everyone's going to love Volcano. It's, <laughs> it's just fun to blow up and blow up half the map. Yeah, like, exactly. Everyone loves it. Um, and so like that, and I would throw Vengeance as a burning plague just because I want to, because like. Because it, it seems high reward. It seems high reward. Yeah. But like those are just kind of ones that I'm going to focus on. Yeah. And, like in the I would throw game, Many Minds into there. Yeah. Like, many Minds could probably be high reward if you got Now really we've named almost all it. of them. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. We could, there's like, we just like left out like three of the yeah. like moderate complexity ones. But it's like in this expansion, you're going to find a spirit that fits your play style. Yeah. You're going to find a spirit that you're going to enjoy. Yeah. And it's now we're into the point where it's like, okay, let's start. Let's start knocking out some of these higher difficulty adversaries. Yeah, um, and for sure. Like, let's get really good at Shroud, and like maybe my wife gets really good. I think one of her ones that she really liked, she really liked Volcano as well. And yeah. so, like maybe like Shroud and Volcano, like yeah, like, how does that work, and can we defeat that at level eleven? Yeah, um, which is where I love Spirit Island. I love that you can sort of get to that point where you're like, okay, we've played this enough to get past just kind of like the shock value of how good the game is yeah. and get into like, how do we build something to defeat these like later scenarios, which are like so hard, right? So ridiculously hard. Um, but they're not like random enough to where it's like, this is unbeatable, right? It's, it, I, I know that I can script something. I can play well enough to beat the game. Kind of thing. Yeah. We absolutely. just need to like come up with the right team. No, I mean, it's a phenomenal game. I, we have said that more about this game than I think any other game on the <laughs> podcast. So fantastic expansion. Yeah. Insta-buy. Insta-buy. Um, highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend. If you have played Spirit Island more than like four times. Yeah. You know, yeah then yeah. You're, you're probably at a point where this is going to be a value buy. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to hear your thoughts on what's your favorite spirit. I think I've posted a couple of questions on Instagram on, you know, what's your favorite spirit from the new or new expansion. Yeah. I think we get a lot of Volcano. <laughs> Just because, I mean, it's a fun spirit. But, yeah. like, we want to hear your thoughts. Uh, if you haven't gotten it yet, because it's not out in retail as of the release of this uh, episode, it's coming out I think late November okay. of 2020. So pick it up, uh, go support your FLGS, um, yep, and grab it, and then let us know. But we're gonna have kind of like an overview of kind of everything that we talked about a little bit, maybe probably a little bit more in depth because we didn't go into everything on each spirit yep. on our website, which is fantasyandsomeflights.com. Yep. And so there'll be the some show good notes data there. There'll yeah. be good some. There'll be some good data there. Yeah. And then um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We have the Discord now. Yep. And so join us on our Discord. It's a lot of fun. We get to just kind of shoot the shit with everybody that actually wants to uh, <laughs> <laughs> like come in and talk about us. Yep. Talking about the Discord reminds me that our next episode we are going into our first non or our first like yeah non spoiler non spoiler 
episode of Ender's Game. So yeah. we are reading Ender's Game, mm-hmm. and we will do a series analysis on Ender's Game, similar to what we did with Lord of the Rings in yeah. our previous episode. Yep. Except for it'll Ender's just game. be Ender's Game. It'll just be Ender's Game. And so it's a really light read. I think the audiobook is like, I don't even know, 12 hours? I think it's 12 hours-ish. Yeah. 12 hours-ish, which like sounds like a long time, but like, an odd like for book length like lord of the rings the first lord of the rings books is almost 17 hours yeah so it's like not even it's 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 pretty short it's really easy read and like once you pick it up you're not gonna want to put it down that's right yeah and so i i'm looking forward to that so we have like a spoiler channel on our discord to kind of talk about that and talk about um you know what's going on with the with With the ender's game with the ender's game so i'm excited for it i'm really excited for that so do you have anything else nope that's it for me bud so sounds good and Look forward to talking to you later. Look forward to cheers.